Hi, welcome to Your Grit Story, where we chat with entrepreneurs, innovators, and leaders who live by passion and perseverance to make the future a reality. Let's be inspired by the stories as you create your grit story. Alright, hi, welcome to another episode of Your Grit Story. Today we have Eiling from Fairmarch. So Fairmarch is an online marketplace for Battle World. So this is why I call it, but I'll let Eiling share more. I'm very excited to have Eiling to have with us today. Welcome Eiling to the show. Hi Eric, thanks for having me. So I am Eileen. Uh, we first met at our previous or Eric's previous workplace. <laughs> and it is very unfortunate that I only found out about Eric's other life. <laughs> And on his, I think, like last week of his company, I was like, oh, wow, you do podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I think it's, I mean, but that's the beauty of working. You you discover more than you otherwise would know. And <laughs> and that's what, yeah, and that's what it means really uh, to make friends, right, at a workplace. So I'm Elin. I'm a very typical uh, graduate of the Singapore education system. <laughs> Nothing very exciting. Uh, started my career with the government. So uh, after spending about well ten years just just doing uh, just looking at tourism strategy and all and all that, I decided to join the tech space uh, just to pursue. Uh, I think an area where I felt uh, things were rapidly changing, and I wanted to be part of the private sector. So that's where I've been uh, the last five years. Um, the last two years actually, I started. Uh, joining or I'm a co-founder of uh, Fairmatch, uh, which is what Eric said, the e-commerce marketplace. Um, and this is really a, a result of me taking some time off to think about life. And, and uh, some people call it the midlife crisis. I like to think it's about continued self-improvement. Uh, but it was a good time. So I, I took that, that year just to think about what I wanted to do next. And I felt a need to maybe perhaps translate some of all the skill sets I've built uh, to more meaningful endeavors. And that was how I started uh, the fair match with my co-founders. So there are three of us today. Nice, nice. Thanks for the quick introduction. So probably can, uh, you can share about why um, you guys started fair match. Mm, yeah. So, uh, okay, there are two parts actually. So one is that idealistic, uh, some people might say naive vision that we had. So uh, very similar to what you alluded to, where we sort of imagine a future where potentially every dollar that anyone spent could be building a better world, right? So it's always about giving back. And how do you give back uh, beyond just practicing a, an eco-friendly lifestyle, for example, or beyond volunteering? So when we started, uh, or before we started that business, there was this idea of what could we do to then build or make that vision uh, come to pass? And I think when we were looking around in the Singapore market, at least at that point in time, uh, we actually saw a gap in terms of um, social enterprises and charities who are looking for a way to grow their revenue uh, being resource limited, so they needed opportunities or platforms to sell on, but they were constrained by marketing resources, um, as well as someone that could help put whatever they had together uh, to, to, to reach out to consumers. So that was one gap. And the second thing that we noticed as well, which actually is the demand side of things, is increasingly customers or consumers were getting interested in giving back and not just buying from a charity, you know, once a year or giving a donation, they wanted to also know, hey, who is behind this charity? Who is behind this social enterprise? If I buy a tote bag, what exactly am I help, uh, contributing to? Or who am I helping? So we thought actually it would be useful to be able to bring uh, the two parties together where this platform then caters specifically uh, to socially driven businesses. And we put together their stories, uh, their products onto an e-commerce platform so that consumers can then choose 
the causes that they want to support. They can better get uh, understand uh, what these social causes stand for, who these social enterprises are, and in a way, you choose where you want to spend your dollar. So I think that was how it started uh, two years ago, and we have slowly been translating that vision into reality. Mm, nice. I mean, I, I love you talk about um, when spending every dollar to kind of build a better world, kind of giving back to society. Uh, we, uh, we love that. And probably can share about, you know, what is the meaningful um, part of the name, right? You know, fair much. Is mm. it a fair day and much, you know, in the year, in the month of the year? Or, you know, what can you tell us more about fair much? I was thinking about this actually, and and I wish I had a better story to tell, but this is the reality. <laughs> so so basically, we started. Uh, we were hanging around. We were thinking about names generally, and and I think what why we landed on fair march was really two reasons. One is the idea of building a fair marketplace, so reflecting the idea behind how do you give uh, your resource constrained social enterprises and charities an opportunity right to grow. Uh, and the second thing that we wanted to really uh, call out as well is the idea of uh, recognizing inclusive hiring. So some of our social enterprises practice that and the idea of anyway providing fair employment. So that was it. Uh, I think the idea of a fair market plus fair employment. So fair march. Mm, nice, nice. So fair marketplace and fair employment, mm. right? So inclusive yeah, workplace yeah. Uh, uh, building. So uh, probably can tell us about the, the team, right? The team makeup, mm. who is behind fair much right and how uh, how you guys come together so it started uh so the the, the first guy that started it actually was uh, victor so my the, my co-founder and he always had a passion for for actually giving back and and i think uh, thinking about how do you uh how do you set up a startup uh and, and be a social enterprise and he had an autistic brother so i think that gives him the, the empathy as well about thinking okay you know how do you make sure that you give differently abled people uh, different opportunities for employment. I think that's always something that everyone acknowledges, but not everyone has a solution for. So, so he decided to join uh, and set up FairMatch, and he's the, the the brains behind the building of the of the website, the platform. Uh, yeah, he's our CTO <laughs> in a team of three. Um, and with us, we actually have Jovina, who is our marketing and ops co-founder. So she is deaf. Uh, and, and I think for her, it's a whole different story. One, she understands what it means to be differently abled and how then do you, um, in a way, continue to pursue your dreams and not let that stop you right, from getting what you want to do in life. And because of that as well, I think we, have, we too have learned how to be more considerate in terms of when we hold meetings, how do you be more inclusive? Um, and to be very honest, right? I think everyone recognizes uh, that, yes, we need to be more inclusive and inclusive has many definitions in terms of, you know, making sure you hire for gender equality. Uh, but when it comes to even uh, including differently abled people, one is to be very uh, considered even in terms of the meeting platforms that you can use. And when we actually started having meetings uh, regularly, it was a challenge to even find free meeting platforms to do this on because you need captions, right, uh, for, for Joe. So I think these are little things that you sort of need to, to, to then uh, work around with and making sure that, you know, for example, the type of uh, work, how do, you, how do you separate out the, the job, who does what, uh, takes into account as well. You know, maybe uh, for her, she can do marketing. It's, it's fine, no problem. Operations back end. Then when it comes to business development, uh, Victor and me might then do it instead. So it's been a very good partnership. I think we all learn how to balance each other uh, with different perspectives and different backgrounds. And, and it's been, yeah, it's just been a, a, a 
really quite easy. I, I, like, I like to think, I'll try and think about, you know, were there any challenging moments, you know, any like storming stages, uh, but no. <laughs> I think it's just a alignment and meeting of minds okay. <laughs> as we came together over the last year. Nice, nice, nice. So it's really um, finding abilities, right, out of everybody. I think everybody is unique and everybody has a um, skill of their own, right? Even um, we talk about the um, your, your co-founder, uh, Jorina, right, uh, who is deaf. I think I think there's still an ability that, that he, he can, she can do like social media marketing and online marketing and stuff, right? Um, and let, let's take a few steps back, right? So you mentioned that we met uh, in our previous role um, at Property Guru. Right, so um, it's not easy to have a full time job, right? Um, nine to six, or I don't know, you know, eight to eight to seven, right? And also a side hustle, like what you're doing. So, can you share with us how you manage this? Um, you know, is it is, is there like a master tip of time management? How do you manage that priorities and all that? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I wanted to die. Okay, that's the <laughs> that's the short answer. <laughs> Um, it's okay. Just to, just to share too, I think to be honest, one reason I started working with Property Guru was uh, I think their willingness to actually let me have a side hustle. That for me was always the starting point. Like I, I, I was joining the company, making it very clear that I had fair much to work on. So in a way, I was mentally prepared that it wouldn't be easy having two jobs uh, and, and it's really about finding that balance. Having said this, I think it, it really sucks, especially when everything is a peak period, right? So I think last month was especially challenging in November because we were preparing for our busiest season of the year, Christmas, and we're building two Christmas online bazaars. So I, I, I think there were moments where there was no night and day for me. It was literally, you know, the day ends and then uh, I, I switched to fair much mode. So when I look back, I think one, one, one tip or maybe advice, I don't think I did the best of it, uh, is really being able to draw boundaries uh, for yourself, especially for personal time. So what happened was, I think the last November for me, it was really like, you know, nine to seven property guru. After that, you know, I switched over to Fairmatch and there was very little personal time. I think within four weeks, I started noticing myself. I think being able to, in terms of mental health, I think it was taking its toll. So always make sure that you always have time for yourself regardless. And not only that, setting boundaries with even your, your clients, right? So I, I think for me, it was more challenging because we were getting paid for certain projects for fair much. And then sometimes they'll be like, oh, I, I need this done by today, you know, and literally at 3 p.m., there is no way I can do it by today because I have my day job and the meetings going on, right? So then I had to explain and say, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I really have another job, but I will do it if it's not an error for you right after like after seven. And they were very understanding. So I think it's about being transparent as well. I mean, there's no point hiding that you're having two jobs when you cannot, when there's no way you can cope, right? And then you'll make people unhappy. Um, the other thing that I would also really, really suggest is maybe not being too hard on yourself. I think, you can never do both jobs perfectly, right? So there'll always be days when it's worse than usual and you just have to, you know, like say, forget it. I've done whatever I could um, and then let's just like sort out the mess <laughs> the next day, right? Especially for fair, but actually a couple of things where, you know, timelines were like, behind, we're behind time, but it's okay. You just like pick yourself up and move on. Uh, so I would say, I think for anyone who's contemplating uh, having a side hustle, I think just be, just be very mindful that uh, personal time always takes a toll. Uh, but but you just have to be very mindful in setting boundaries and knowing what you want to achieve. You can never achieve hundred percent of your to do list. Um, but you know it doesn't matter because it's it's about the the most about it's about prioritizing ruthlessly, and and doing the things that are critical right for the job. 
um, yeah, so somehow I survived November. I think, and after after November, which was my worst ever this year, uh, I think everything else is a walk in the park. Seriously, like I, I don't I don't worry anymore. <laughs> yeah, you might need to ask me maybe in three months time. Then I have mm. a different story for you. Nice, nice. That that brings us to the part two. Huh? <laughs> three months time, maybe next thing <laughs> so we have a second second round of this. Um, but is there? I mean, is so it's not easy, right? I mean, it's not easy to have two mm. jobs. Um, ha- is there a point of time that you wanted to give up? You know, you felt that you're so drained. Mm. You, know, you wanted to give up. You wanted to say this is not working out. Mm. So thankfully, I think it never got down to that level, uh, partly because we have two other co-founders. So there are moments when I just knew I couldn't deliver by myself. Then I would say, hey, you know, one of you, Victor or Joe, can you please help me send this email out or build this part of the website that I cannot do now? And, and they always stepped in. They always did. So I think it's really about learning how to ask for help as well. Uh, and, and actually, if you have a supportive team, it really, really helps. Um, so yeah, so I never thought of giving up, at least not because of workload. <laughs> uh, I think if anything, right, um, there were moments when we, we were feeling a bit demoralized in terms of thinking about where the business was going and whether or not we are on the right track. So that itself, I felt, was, was actually a point where we really had to sit together as a team and, and sort of revisit uh, why we were doing this, you know. So we had, we had this lofty ambition about building a better world. Are we still doing it? And, and if we are not, and if we still believe in this dream, right, that we're building, we think that we're still impacting social enterprises. How do we make it work as a business? So I think that was one conversation we had to talk about, uh, I guess, I think early this year, um, and and I think the idea once again is about finding I think alignment and consensus and talking it through, and recognizing that sometimes some trade-offs have to be made. So in our case, actually, what happened was we decided that maybe as a business we really want to keep this going, but it cannot support the three of us. So then I I, I decided that maybe it's better for me to then go and find a day job, and but I, we would still keep building this business. Uh, so I think that these are things that we we sort of had to decide on that made the business itself progress or move move on to the next stage. Right, right. Interesting. Um, cool. Thanks for sharing. So uh, let's talk about transferable skills, right? So um, I believe you do a lot of different things in Fairmatch compared to Property Guru and you do um, quite quite unique things at Property Guru. So what what kind of skills are transferable or what, what do you do at Property Guru can apply in Fairmatch and um, vice versa? Mm. Okay, so I think starting with Property Guru itself, um, although I know it looks like it's not related, so I do business intelligence or business analytics, right? Um, actually, a lot of our work at Fairmatch requires us to look at data. So we, we use Google Analytics, so we have to look at website traffic and understand conversion. Uh, so in that sense, there's still some correlation. But if you ask me, it's the other skills that actually have been useful or transferable. And this goes even back to my early government days, where a lot of time was required in terms of project management, uh, in terms of stakeholder relationships, right? How do you manage people? And, and I see myself actually applying that uh, to Fairmatch in terms of when you, when you talk to potential uh, partners that you want to onboard on the platform, when you pitch ideas, right, to, to corporate customers and, and try to sell, uh, give, sort of sell them a proposal. Uh, these are things actually, skill sets, soft skills that you had to, that I had to do or learn uh, in the of my of my working experience, um, which I saw, which I found relevant. Uh, so I think even re- more recently, I was reflecting uh, in the last Christmas bazaar that I was doing. It was also about project management. So a lot of times, even at work, right? So this goes beyond like business intelligence. You know, 
for you as a product manager, it's about making sure that you know things are on track. What is your what are your mini milestones uh, at work, and you make sure you get to that deliverable in a timely manner. And after that, you track your KPIs. So in a way, this is very similar for us because we have a couple of projects. For us, it's about uh, first of all, you know, are we delivering what the customer wants, and secondly. Is the are we even meeting the expectations of what the customer wants, right? In terms of the corporate customers, uh, and how then do we do better? So then you do like after action review and all that. So very corporate actually sometimes. I think the things we do even in a social enterprise, if anything, the only difference is is a little bit more relaxed in terms of I don't need to write a budget paper. <laughs> we just have a discussion with the three of us, and then it's a yes no decision, and then we move on. So it's a little bit faster, I guess, in terms of decision making. Uh, but skill sets are exactly the same. Nice, nice. It's interesting to hear hear that you know you can really, um, I mean, what what you're doing is essentially a bit of product management, a bit of marketing, a bit of tracking, campaign tagging, and stuff, and in, in, on GA and Google Analytics, right? So it's very interesting that you yeah, have. And you learn new wide... skills, by the way. Yeah, you learn new skills. Yeah. So so I mean that's it. that's why I love side hustles because you just learn different things that you can kind of apply back to your main job, main career, main kind of main role, um, and and it's cool to kind of hear that from you as well. Um, just to mention about the Christmas Bazaar, right? Uh, could you share about a few, uh, was that a, a program or a, a, a campaign you guys ran uh, recently? Maybe you can share a few more um, stories about that. Yeah, so actually how this started uh, was, was quite interesting. Uh, I was reflecting about it as well. So uh, with, with COVID actually hitting us, right? I know it's been two years and counting, uh, but this has actually changed the way a lot of companies with CSR initiatives uh, are thinking about how do they do CSR. So for us, it started last year when um, the, the big four accounting firms, so your Deloitte, EY, uh, PwC and KPMG, uh, decided to, they were looking for an alternative in terms of running uh, a CSR or Christmas Bazaar for themselves, uh, that couldn't be done offline. So what was previously physical a physical event is no longer a viable solution. So that was how we came in, in a way, where we, we you know, it was right time, I guess, right timing of conversations, where Fairmarch was a suitable brand in terms of what we stood for. We had the partners that they were interested in, and they were looking for someone to help them set up their CSR initiative, for, uh, for lack of a better word, which is hosting their online Christmas Bazaar. And the only difference was um, we actually proposed bringing them together. So previously, it was four individual events, but we thought that there was a lot more synergy if we brought them together. Um, and, and that was how it started, just like that. Uh, well, I make it sound easier than it should be. So credit goes to my co-founder, Victor. So I want to tell everyone out there too that you know, sometimes you might have the best ideas, but if you don't see traction, right, it doesn't mean that your idea sucks or it's a terrible idea. It's really just sometimes about the opportunity or even timing. Right. And it doesn't and whatever we did this round doesn't mean that, wow, you know, we went in, we pitched a great idea and they said, yes, you know, it took him months of cultivation and, and, and sort of like thinking through what makes sense for them. Right. As we pitched. So they started with us um, and that was actually the beginning where we saw actually uh, a potential to start to really work with corporates who were looking for ways uh, to grow their CSR program. And, and, and in a way, partner them to bring some of the ideas to life, but in an online, through an online platform. So then with that, with that 
as a, as a starting point, we have come back this year bigger and better with them for, for year two. Um, so this has been really great. Like now today, we have grown to over 60 uh, participating vendors as part of the bazaar. And in a way, it was so this year as well that we uh, had an opportunity to partner with um, SG Enable to host the Unable Gift Market. So basically, it's uh, a fairly similar situation. Their gift market was always an offline event. Um, where people go there and just browse and buy products. Uh, so we are working with them to bring their own partners on board uh, to then host it on the Fairmarch platform. And then we help them to drive awareness and, and traffic. So um, this is where we're at today, where we believe that actually, uh, so just to clarify too, we remain a B2C platform. So I think that was how we started. It was always about how do you reach out to customers or consumers like you and me. But what we are, we've sort of changed or adapted the approach slightly is that we need to work so with uh, corporates uh, to, to bring some of these consumers to the platform and to drive traffic that way as well. So that's something that we started doing since last year and, and we, we definitely see uh, an opportunity to continue building on that, especially for Christmas season where everyone is just shopping for presents. Yeah. Yeah, actually this year, in fact, so every year has been, we always we always set goals for ourselves. So we've always been, we have seen ourselves do better year on year. But I do think that this year, at least, I saw a lot more interest as well, even in terms of people searching on Google, looking for, you know, uh, gifts that give back, you know, and then, and then in a way they get directed to the Fairmarch platform. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, this, okay, so that, that's what I mean also by learning, by sort of when you, when you develop or when you have a business uh, idea, you might, we, you might not have thought about it from the beginning, right? But it's about how then do you look at the opportunities around you? How do you then uh, adapt or make changes and, and, and in a way keep your company or your business relevant depending on the needs and wants of the people around you? And, and yeah, and that was how we ended up uh, the end of 2021 in a way better place than expected. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, can, can I say this? Not really about the idea or the solution or platform. It's about the problem you're trying to solve, right? And the people you want to help and opportunities you want to seize at the end of the day, right? I think uh, with that, you can morph or tweak or iterate your ideas or your product or solution to adapt to that, right? So that you can go back to serve the community or solve that root problem um, and, and really build that opportunity um, as, a, as a landscape. Um, cool. So... Uh, probably can share about um, a specific story, maybe um, a memorable experience that you have, you know, in this whole um, one or two, one to two years of uh, running fair much. Yep. So I, I think for me, when I started, I, it was just like, oh, how can I give back with my own skill sets, right? So I didn't have much expectations to begin with. But I think through these last two years, it has really showed me um, how there's, there's so much more that you can do with your time and your life if you just make an effort. So as I interacted with the different uh, our different vendors who have onboarded with Fairmarch, I find out more about their story. You then you then feel that, hey, actually, there's so much more that you can do with just a simple idea. So for example, you know, uh, we have this uh, partner called Learning Vessels. So they offer online educational materials and programs uh, for children who do not have access to such resources. So when we interviewed the, the co-founder, she was saying, I think what really started was she was volunteering uh, in some of these programs and helping out. And, and, and I think in her mind, she was shocked that some of these children she met didn't know, even know that basic English vocabulary or how to spell, for example, right? Um, or basic math. 
and it's just like you know how can how can it be in Singapore as an affluent society? Uh, you you know you, you the child didn't get a chance to have access to that, and she was saying that in her mind, she wanted to make sure that no child was left behind. In, in, in a way, in Singapore, right, where we, where we say we're a democratic society, everyone has equal access. And that was how they started. Um, so I think sometimes when we speak to these uh, different uh, vendors, it makes you think as well about that actually what you had, what you were trying to do can be meaningful. Um, and, and I think whenever I look at my co-founder, Joe, right, Jorina, I, I realized too that it is not easy to be in her shoes um, when she cannot communicate with everyone and and in one of the videos that we did we interviewed her and she was talking about how learning sign language changed her world and gave her an ability to communicate to the rest of us uh maybe not me because i don't understand sign language but you know it gave her a voice right that she otherwise wouldn't have and and i think that itself it's it's not something that you normally think about because unless you're in her shoes you wouldn't feel that way um, and I know we had a couple of interviews with uh, some of the artisans at Meta. Uh, so they, they do batik painting. And these artisans uh, are definitely able, and they, they also talk about you know, how challenging it is to, I think, one, find employment. Uh, so it's not that easy finding a job, but, you know, uh, the, the Meta uh, what well, the Meta Social Enterprise took them in. And secondly, uh, the ability to learn a new skill, it takes time, right? And they were willing to teach and equip them uh, with the relevant skills to do their job. So I think you realize actually, yeah, you know, when I buy this tote bag or when I support arts at Meta, um, it is, there is so much more that you are contributing. You're giving someone a livelihood or you're equipping someone with a new skill uh, just by your simple act of purchasing something from them. So I think this is something that we really want to do more of in terms of telling the stories of the different uh, partners that are today on, on Fairmatch and which many people honestly wouldn't know. I wouldn't know if not because of what I'm doing today, right? And, and how then do we raise awareness through that yeah. platform? Yeah. I think this reminds me of that whole ripple effect, right? So if I haven't met you, I will know about much. If I haven't met much, I will know about so many other meaningful organizations out there, right? So I think this is really where I think uh, we are kind of trying to do a build this building blocks of a better world, right? Um, and, and I really love the point that you mentioned that um, everybody, uh, means Christmas season, you need to buy the gift for your family member, your friend, you know, or your teacher, your student, whatever. You know, I think this is the way to kind of um, spend the money to buy a gift meaningfully, right? Um, from Fairmatch or um, via the um, partners and all that, right? So to kind of give back to society and at the same time, give a gift to um, a friend, right? Of yours uh, during this season uh, or even any season, right? Uh, okay, Father's Day, Mother's Day, whatever, right? So... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, we're kind of coming to the end of the episode. Um, What's next for Fairmatch, right? So, you know, after a, a whole year of 2021 uh, with a lot of developments, I guess, right? So what's next for Fairmatch in 2022? So I think we haven't really, we've been so busy, we haven't had time to really sit down and consolidate. But I think one thing's for sure, we know that we have been uh, slowly growing the last two years and it's almost like building a foundation. And really, 2022 is a time to start scaling. And I think this is something that we have been discussing about, like how do we sort of scale and, and magnify the impact that we are creating today? Uh, even if it's just the three of us, what can we do, right, to grow that? Um, how can we build a platform that is bigger, that's more all-encompassing uh, to be able to cope 
with the increased traffic that we have been seeing over the last year. I think that's one thing. It's about preparing for scaling. How do we do that in a cost-effective manner? The second thing that I have been asking myself as well is, how do you retain the, the fair much spirit in terms of... So when we were onboarding, when we first started two years ago, uh, when we onboarded people, right, we actually did research on them. We knew exactly who we were bringing on board and we believed in what they stood for. Right? And, then, and we, we had time to really be able to fully uh, make sure that all oh, our attention and, 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 and support is equally distributed. And it's easy when it's 20 people, 30 people, right? As you get to 60, 80, 100, uh, the challenge comes in how do you make sure that you give people that same quality of attention uh, to be fair in how you actually uh, give people marketing time in, in terms of marketing support. And yet, as a, as a business, as a whole, still enable everyone to benefit from it, right? So I think that's always, that has always been a challenge. It's just that when you start to grow, this becomes a bigger challenge to ensure parity for everyone. And, and, and in a way, I would say um, equals, well, as equal as you can be in terms of support and coverage, while making sure that you look for new opportunities uh, to grow so that everyone grows and benefits, right? So, so I think that, that for me is something that I've been thinking about and how do you also keep in touch with what's going on in these companies as well, right? Uh, just to make sure that you get, you get a, on what I would call a, a very more hands-on view of uh, how things are changing for them, uh, what are some things that we can, we can showcase or, or, or shout about working with them. Uh, based on the, the causes or, the, or the, the stories that they might have that is constantly changing and how do you keep up with that change and, and the way uh, work with them uh, to really partner them in growing. So yeah, so I think that, that for us is something we need to do and, and it will definitely be challenging uh, because it's just the three of us, right? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> trying to do more. But I always feel like when you have limited resources, mm. it forces you to be more creative. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, that is a, a problem to solve, right? Limited resource and how do you make the most out of what you have, right? And kind of maximize mm. that. Um, thanks for sharing. I think what you just shared that you had a good traction in 2021 and you're trying to scale uh, with quality in 2022. So uh, all the best, Eileen, uh, to, to scaling fair much to creating a bigger online marketplace for a bigger and better world, right? So uh, thank you, Eileen, for your time. I think yes. your precious time during this episode. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. It was fun having me. Thank you. Bye-bye.